Hayden Thompson here and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the pack heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place and I'm excited to have you here. G'day and welcome to episode 92 where today I have guest Christine Yee who is the founder and owner of House of Yee Fine Foods. Now located in Port Coquitlam but soon to be Richmond BC and launched in 2016, House of Yee Fine Foods produces premium gluten-free dumplings that can be found in close to 100 retail locations from the Gulf Islands to the Okanagan, online and farmers markets. Today's conversation with Christine covers such a wide variety of topics from some critical early feedback such as the decision to include a pack of sauce with every bag of dumplings right through to scaling of a business, production, marketing, and the outsourcing of certain components of a business. Christine's also a busy mum, and I really enjoyed chatting about the fine balance of entrepreneurship and motherhood and all of the challenges and personal growth that goes hand in hand with it all. So I think that you'll find today's conversation with Christine will resonate with a lot of you out there, especially to all of you busy parents out there playing that crazy juggling game that we all know so well and are all extremely tired from, but wouldn't have it any other way. Enjoy. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very happy to be here. It's good to have you here. I've uh, been wanting to have a chat for a while um, now with you, um, primarily because I've seen your bags out on the retail shelf and they are outstanding and I've wanted to try your product. So I actually ducked out when I knew I was interviewing you and I've tried the pork and the chicken dumplings. Perfect. Both delicious. Really, honestly, they are. You can tell that they're a premium quality product. Um, the ingredients label is clean and you don't feel like a, uh, you don't feel as if you've got a big, heavy stomach. Um, after you've eaten them, which is a huge bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people tell me. Like yeah. They come back and they're like, you know, I could eat so many of these and I yeah. don't feel like I'm walking away, like I have to roll over or anything. And that's the whole point of um, this product. So people yeah. feel clean and good after they eat it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. so important. And feeding the kids, like they gobbled them up and they mm-hmm. wanted more. So we're going to go and get more. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when kids like it. Oh. You know, I do demos and kids taste it and they're like, this is really good. And now I'm like, I like it when kids... Because kids are so honest, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. When I hear that kids like it, it makes me feel really good. I feel like that's a success. You know what? We've tried all the dumplings out on the market. Like we love dumplings in our household. They're quick and they're easy, especially on a Sunday night or something like that when you're wrapping up the week. And uh, yeah, the kids will either peel them open and eat the filling and leave the, like, leave the, um, like the, what do you call it? The The shell, I guess the wrapper, or they'll eat the wrapper and leave the the filling. It'll be one of two, but for yours, they gobbled the whole thing up. (laughs) Perfect. I love hearing that. It was good. So listen, there's so much that we can chat about today. I know you've been in business since 2016, so you've been at it for a while now, which is sort of great because, you know, I talk to business owners and operators in their infancy. Yeah. Like, you know, within the first six, 12 months kind of period, which is a great conversation because there's a lot to be learned from there. And then yeah. I talk to people that have been in business for 20, 25 years or plus, which is really interesting because they've seen a, a whole range of different um, trends and emotional roller coasters and so on. But you're in this really interesting stage right now where you've been at it for a while right now. You've definitely got traction out on the market and you're at a point right now where I can, I can imagine you're scaling. Yes. So I'd love to chat with uh, to you about scaling today, um, but I think you've also got a really great story attached to the brand, and uh, and I'd love to hear, you know sort of hear the background story as to sort of how you arrived where you are today. So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Well, I'm 
grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan. So I'm a prairie girl through and through. Yep. And I still have lots of family there. Um, so House of You was a restaurant that I grew up in as a kid with my mm. siblings. And it's funny because my cousins would come by and my mom would just put everyone to work, you know, like, so I started working in the kitchen when I was like six or seven. And I started serving customers when I was 12 or 13. You know, I just yep. remember because my mom's like, oh, you're going to school now. You know how to read and write. So like, let's. Let's You're go with some orders, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And sometimes, and it's it's very nice to hear when people remember us. Like mm -hmm. some, so after you know what this is our old logo. Can oh, great! That? I can. Yep. Yeah. So this is our old logo, and um, and my cousin actually sent me that after I sent after I had our house me. So we moved out to Vancouver and then, you know, I just went through life, went to school, went through careers and stuff. And there's something about the food business that just always pulled me back. Mm -hmm. But I also knew I didn't want to have a, go into the restaurant business because it's that hard, is it? a beast in itself. Yeah. Like I've seen my parents go through it and I'm just, too. yeah, yep. right. Did you yep. come from a restaurant background? As well? Yeah. Fast food cafe. So I grew up and I was in there from the age of 12 onwards and exactly the same as you started out the back in the dish pit, yeah. moved my way onto the grill. There's a lot of prep work, a lot of cleaning, a lot of detail cleaning. Right. And then, uh, when I was at an age to move out into the front, I was doing exactly what you were doing. I was serving where I was getting, you know, cash handling skills and, oh you know, people God. skills and all of those things that you Love got it. as well. And I would recommend it to anyone as soon yeah. as your kid is old enough to yeah. start working, get them in the hospitality industry. Cause yeah. you learn the most basic fundamentals of, you know, human language, like, you know, the way that we interact, emotional intelligence, it's great. I would recommend and it. it. And, I think yeah. it has, and a lot of confidence. You build a yep. lot of confidence. Um, yep. I see people at the farmer's market. I work at the farmer's market and you see the farmer kids, mm -hmm. they're loading up the vegetables. They're coming up to me and they're like, do you want to do a trade? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, so they come up with vegetables and they're like, yep. how many packs of dumplings for this? And I, and I think it's incredible. And my kid, she's 14 months now but i can see like when she could like i feel like that she's ready like she's yeah. gonna be in the markets with me you know she's because i just think it's a great skill to have for the Isn't kid yeah. yeah i yeah. really do so did your whole family come out or did you just come out to vancouver well, my, my whole family came out i was like right. 15 or 14 when we came out so, so they sold up the business we sold the business, which was yep. very sad because yeah. we sold it. It was like, it was still House of E, but it was another family who took over. And I'm mm -hmm. like, they were not Yee's. What are they doing running House of E, right? <laughs> but they did well with the business. And I think they retired like 10 years ago or something. Okay. So they closed it. And I think that's when, when I came up with the dumpling idea, it mm. was just so automatic. I'm like naming it House of E, you know, like, let's get this name going again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we came out here and then my parents like we stayed in the food industry. So we went, we went to we worked at like, so we got stalled at food court. So we worked at a food court afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's kind of a serial entrepreneur. So she'll be like, okay, we're going to sell this business. And then we're going to get another one. And it's something completely different. It could be like a dim sum business and then Love we'll be parts, right yeah i know me too. Yeah. And then afterwards, she's like, okay, now we're done with this one. We're going to do a coffee shop and then we'll do a coffee shop. And I think one of the biggest successes my mom has was at the Richmond Night Market. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. So she started there and we were with her the whole time, you know, mm -hmm. she's just, like, we're going to do a night market. And then, so we started with them when they only had like 20 vendors at like a small parking lot. Yes. So where they are now, like. It's yeah. Huge. It's significantly larger. Yeah. yeah. I went pre COVID. I've only gone to the market twice and it was yeah. all before COVID and it was jam packed. Like it's the crazy. lines to get food was insane. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I definitely appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It is. And it's a lot of work too, yeah. you know, yep. you have to go there at like two. And then when we work there, when we first started, you, the, like, it's not even a built structure. You have to go and like unload everything, mm -hmm. put 
you know, just like yep. put everything together and then clean yep. up and go home, clean up. And then, you know, so we don't finish till like two, three in the morning. Yeah. Right? It's a big day. Yeah. Yeah. So when we used to do it, so it was, so I know the hustle uh, very well, yep. you know? Yeah. Yep. So, and I really, like back then, I don't think I appreciated as much when I was yep. a teenager. Yeah. We had to go through there every weekend and work. You probably resented it at some point. Oh my God. So much because so yeah. much, everyone's just like, Hey, let's go here. And I'm like, I got to work. I got to work. Yeah. Right. But yep. now it's, now I get it. Now it's just like, I'm glad I have those skills. Skills. Mm. Um, I'm glad we went through the ups and downs as a family. Like, mm. you know, like as a business, it was never like it's business is business, right? You have yep. your pop, you know, ebb and flow and stuff. So I yep. think I was kind of used to that lifestyle. Yeah. And when I graduated from university, I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm gonna get a stable job, you know, nine to five, stable salary. Have my weekends. Yeah. And I got <laughs> so bored, and I think it really hindered my um you know, just working, you know, yeah. because I'm just like, I can work this much. And, yeah. you know, and I think, and, and then just started looking for projects to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, and then afterwards, you know, like I said, these dumplings found me and, and here we are. Okay. What yeah. did you study when you're at uni? I was, um, in, um, what was city planning. So okay. I was very, and I still very, I'm interested in city planning. I think it's yeah. fascinating how, like how cities are built for people to congregate and, yeah. Yeah. And, and communities and stuff like that. And absolutely. Yeah. And then I was actually in real estate for about 10, 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I hung out my license to hundred percent focus on the dumplings. Yeah. That would have been a huge shift. So, you know, you had the idea, you knew that it was going to be called the house of ye, but you know, you've got the major value proposition of these dumplings being gluten-free, which you never see. So yeah. what was sort of the decision or the driving factors to sort of move in that direction? I was um, hanging out with a really, uh, just like a, influenced by really a group of very healthy people, you mm -hmm. know, they were like, oh, we're gluten free. And then they do a lot of fitness and exercise and stuff like that. And then it just kind of dawned on me. And there's something that's always in the back of my head too. Like, why are, why are, why is Asian food always stigmatized as like, you know, just, just a guilty pleasure, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this, but I'm going to feel so bad afterwards, but you know, I'm going to eat it anyways. And like, why can't we have Asian food and still feel good about it and not yeah. have, not feel guilty. Right. Yeah. So I kind of put the two together and I looked at the market and this is obviously a business decision too. I'm like, there's mm. no gluten-free dumplings out there. Mm. And I see the potential. And so I just started Google, you know, Google is amazing. Yeah. I think all entrepreneurs, startup entrepreneurs rely on Google. The first place to start. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. free. There's so much information. Mm -hmm. And so I just started doing like tests, like so many tests to find the right wrapper for it. But then I also set out in the beginning what my dumplings have to be. So it has to be tasty. Mm -hmm. It has to be easy to cook, easy to store. And it has to be the wrapper especially has to be, um, you know, when you eat it, it's not cardboardy. It's not dry or anything. Right. Yep. So yeah. Following that guideline that I set for myself, it took me a good two, three years to come up with the uh, the product that's like market ready before it was just like, oh, it cracked or it doesn't taste good. Or, yep. You know, there's all these. So I went through hundreds and hundreds of trials. And, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And was this something you were doing in your kitchen at home or you're a real estate agent? Like this was yeah. all before you even, like you just knew that this was something that you wanted to do, yeah, but you just had it. to try and find a formula that would work and that you go, okay, now we've got it to a point where we're ready to do some product testing. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And then when I was ready, I went to a commissary kitchen and got the business license and then I started selling it and I was still like, you know, family and friends would buy yep. it, but yep. like, this isn't good enough. I need some serious validation. Mm -hmm. So then I started selling it on Instagram and Facebook, right? Obviously the yep. next step and then just go to the market. And 
at that point, one of the, and I always ask for feedback, you know, what's yeah. the price point, what's the price point good, what's the convenience. Mm-hmm. And one of um, the major feedbacks were, what kind of sauce should I use with this? Mm. Like, what, how do you make a sauce for it? And then after so many people saying the same thing, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to throw a pack of sauce in there, you know, and yeah. then we make the sauce gluten-free as well. And I, I had a co-packer, but then we got our own sauce machine now to Perfect. do it in-house. Yeah. yeah um so you know so we put the sauce in so I think doing that was really good for me just to make sure okay now we actually have a business mm. you know people mm-hmm. outside of my circle my sphere yep. are buying it and people are you know buying it more and more yep. and then that's when I focus on actually having it commercialized but like before, even before the commercialized part there was a lot of steps that I went through yeah got you. make sure that like okay I think we have something you know okay let's walk through those steps so where did you start so I started in my kitchen, mm-hmm. obviously, in my own yep. kitchen, and yep. I bought all these different flowers that I've never even heard of before. Yeah. And, you know, I really complicated things. I tried to make it into like this big formula and everything, but really it only needed like four ingredients for it to come together. It's funny how that happens, <laughs> isn't know. it? Yeah. But it was more adjusting the temperature, the okay. temperature and the mixing part. I don't, it wasn't so much the ingredients it was just like how you had the processing part and that took a lot longer yep. than if you just put wheat and flour together okay so that that's where the value was got yeah um and yeah so from my my um apartment I went to a, a um one of my contacts gave me got me in touch with um one of my a really close friend now someone who was starting off as well in his own little commissary kitchen okay Yep. So he was just like, yeah, I have table space for her, like bring her in. Right. So then like, and he was a really, and he's a well-trained chef and everything. So he'll just watch me and he's just like, do you even know what you're doing? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm just trying to figure this out. Right. Were you making dumplings in your parents' uh, restaurant back in the day as well? Like no, making dumplings. No. Okay. Okay. But we ate a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew, you knew what it yeah. needed to taste like. Yeah. yeah like dumplings are so good and so easy to make and everything. Yeah. Right? And when I was a student, I ate a lot of dumplings too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but at my parents' restaurants, just because they had so many different restaurants. So, in a way, I guess looking back, we were exposed to a lot of different ways of cooking and mm-hmm. taste and stuff like that too. Yeah. But that was the only experience I had. And in my mind, which is funny, I was like, I came from the food business. I can go back in the food business, no problem. But then when I started hosting, for the dumplings I was working so much and I remember talking to my mom and I'm like this is so hard like I didn't think it was this hard and then my mom's like yeah because you were always doing like the front end of things you were always doing the sales and the serving and everything she's like your Mm -hmm. brothers were the ones who are doing the actual prep work and you know yeah so so I really had to find a new skill set to to make these dumplings too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah good yeah, that's really interesting. So you moved into the little um, shed commissary space. When did you actually branch out into your own space? 20, where, where are we, 2022 now? Yeah, 2022, going into 23. 20, 2018 or 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I think it's 2018 or 2019. And it was because our, we were getting more orders. Yep. And being gluten-free, we couldn't, like, you know, we can't work in a, we can't have a space where there's other wheat involved. Yeah. Cross-contamination. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to schedule a production. So Mm -hmm. when they're done, you have to wait a few days until. So because of that, I just had to like make the jump and go on on my own. Like without much at that point, there wasn't many orders. There wasn't much. But then I just felt like I had to do it. Otherwise, like I can't be stuck. I can't just be making so many orders and, you know, not growing. So that was uh, that was a big 
it was a big jump for us. I bet it was. So how was the All psychological leap? You know, I can imagine there would have been a bit of a financial impact in there. Did you need some specialized equipment as well? Or was Huge. this all being done by hand? Huge. Well, we were, we had a dumpling, like a desktop dumpling machine for a few years and that kept on breaking down on us. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then finally we had enough money to buy another one. And this one actually rolls out the dough and the, and so before we had to roll our own wrappers, put it in a dumpling machine and feed it. But now yeah. we have one that has two hoppers and one rolls out the wrapper and it feeds into the dumplings. And so, so yeah, it's, it's a lot more automated. Yeah. Um, and I think for food safe purposes, um, I, I, I am, I am moving towards more of the automation side because mm -hmm. like the less human contact, the less, you know, and yeah. as we're scaling up, like that's something that's like, I mean, I would love to have a bunch of people wrapping dumplings in the back, but like yeah. the risk factor is almost too high. Yeah. yeah. And the consistency and quality and, and so on as well. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. So this small machine, like how many dumplings an hour can it pump out? Oh, it could pump out like uh, an hour. It depends, really depends on the filling. Yeah. It depends on the temperature. And sometimes, you know, like, Everyone thinks that if you have a machine, things are just going to magically happen. No, you've got to really dial it in, don't you? Yeah. Dial it in every day. It could be different. And, yeah. you know, so I, I, you know, honestly, I don't really, I can't really say how much it makes, but yeah. it makes enough that, that we can go through like a shift that we can make like at least 30, 40 cases. So, oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. there's 15 in a, there's 15 um, dumplings per bag. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, we do, we go by cases. So I really don't. <laughs> But anyway, so that's how much it makes a lot. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot. That's yeah, right. It makes a lot. But yeah. like I said, it's not like it's not like you press a button and then everything just Pumps like it out. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. There's a lot of adjustments and, mm. and stuff through the shift too. So we have about so our production team has five people and okay. about five people to run the machine and make yep. sure everything goes like smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny, isn't it? And I think people will sort of forget that step, especially if they're new into the production industry as well. So like what well, have come from the coffee industry and like coffee equipment, especially the grinders and the espresso machines are so finicky and you're constantly making micro adjustments to keep your grind profile accurate and keep your dose accurate. And then the temperature of the machine is really important as well so that you get a nice even extraction and you're getting those all of those um, oils extracted at the right temperature too. Um, and yeah, it's a constant game of playing catch up because it's moving ahead of you. And yeah. then in the packaging industry as well, like, yeah, micro adjustments are so incredibly important just to keep, you know, your packaging looking good too. So I've, I've witnessed it across multiple industries and I'm not surprised to hear that it's the same for you. Yeah. yeah. And we, and, you know, being in an industry, we always like, you know, you rant to each other. Yeah. Sometimes you always get the rant from someone just like, oh my God, this isn't working anymore. I have order to fill. And yeah. so it's, it's a common, it's a common um, struggle for, I think yeah. all, yeah, for everybody who works with machines, not like you said, not just food. It can That's be right across the board. I know. Do you have, um, do you have any backup equipment? So say if your primary piece of equipment goes down, do you have like a, a secondary source or are you sort of tied to the one machine? Yeah, we're tied to the one machine. Yeah, that, got you. Yeah, because like purchasing the machine is so It's expensive. significant. I know. And who's got the capital laying around to just have one sitting in the corner, not being put to use? I know. I know. It's a tough decision, isn't so it? We build a lot of inventory when we, like, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. thankfully we, we have relationships with a lot of mechanics now. Oh, cool. So like, yeah. it could be like, Hey, this isn't working. Can someone show up yeah. at this point? Yeah. And I think the only thing that really held back our production was like waiting for a part to come in from overseas. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Especially during COVID it like, you know, oh, yeah, I can the, imagine. The, yeah, I know the parts in the port, but no one's yeah. really, no one's there to process it. Right. Yeah. So yep. Yep. that was, that was a lot. That was, 
uh, that was one of the struggles that we had. For sure. I know us too, as you know, with a lot of people's packaging, we would have stuff sitting in what they call block stow hold. So it was off the ship, but they just didn't have enough trucks yeah. available to pick it up and then get it to its final destination. So we had stock sitting at the port for up to three months in some cases. Easy. And it was devastating because oh it's not like you can just turn up and open up a, a sea can to get your stuff out. Yeah. Like you're at the, you're sort of um, at the behest of, you know, the, the crew that have got to move it out. It's really sucked, but you know, there's a way through it for sure. Um, so, you know, your equipment's integral, but the great thing about it is like you suggested, you can build par levels and everything's frozen. What's yeah. your shelf life on your product looking like? A year. A year. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 So your probably struggle is having enough um, freezer space. Yes. Yes. Um, but we actually just locked down a, a bigger space. Oh, so, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. So we just took, and that, that deal took a while too, but we're not going to get into that, but I'm glad that we have the keys. <laughs> yeah. And we have a bigger freezer space and, you know, the space is double the size of what we have now. Yeah. So we have space to grow into. Oh, um, awesome. so, yeah. So we're very excited about that. We're going to um, upgrade everything. So everything is automated. Perfect. And Yeah. And everything, you know, and I could see what's going on in the facility, like on my phone, pretty much. So we're going to have a software that's going to come in. So it's going to track everything that comes in and out. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the way to go because you know like i'm always busy and i'm a mom too, yeah i was gonna right? say you're a mom yeah yep <laughs> i never thought i was gonna be running a business with a kid but here we are <laughs> <laughs> so i knew that you're a busy mom and i also know that there we've got a common connection in jackie thomas from leases and when she came onto the podcast um we had a really in-depth conversation about being a working mom and entrepreneurship and how to balance that life too so i thought that would be a a cool thread that we could pull on too oh yeah Jackie and I are like besties. <laughs> I, I was that. really excited to see that actually. Yeah. That was yeah. Cool. And it's good to find and her and I, we just connected through Instagram. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I found her business or somehow we found each other's businesses and then we just knew that we're women entrepreneurs. So every time she posts something and I'm like, yeah, you go girl. And like, you know, <laughs> she'll do the same for me. And then one day we yeah. just DM each other and we're like, Hey, you know, like, thanks for, for the shout outs. Thanks for everything. And then like, it just kind of, and then it kind of ended up like, do you like wine? <laughs> and she's like, I love wine. And we're like, let's meet up for a wine date. And then after that, we've just been like, hit it off. Been, yeah. And it's been so nice having that kind of support. Yeah. 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 In this, um, in this environment, because it gets very, being an entrepreneur, it's very lonely, you know? I know. I know. Yeah. I've heard that from multiple people now. And like, you know, you've obviously got LinkedIn and, you know, you said you've got social media and there is a real community that you can build there, but to actually have a real live person sitting in front of you that is sitting in a very similar position to you must yeah. be invaluable because I'm sure that you guys have the same struggles. You know, your businesses are relatively um, very similar in age yeah. and in terms of like where you're going in terms of like, you know, Jackie, I know is like full steam ahead scaling and growing her business. And I know Amazing. you're doing the same thing. So you're probably your biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we're and therapists. <laughs> mm. You know, like there are days where you're so just important. like, oh my god, I can't get this through. Yeah, and sometimes you just need that person to just push yeah. you. And we take time to celebrate our us yeah. too. You know, yeah. like we went on a staycation a few months ago, and that was so good for us. You know, yeah. we just like this forgettable business is forgettable. Like not, you know, and like this just just focus on us. You know, so. Mm -hmm. We just had a really great day of just hanging out and good food, going, good wine. Yeah. And just check out the city, stuff in the city and and left the whole kids home with the husbands and both husbands. <laughs> and her and I have very similar family life as well. You know, yeah. we both have husbands who are complete opposite than us. Okay. And at the same time, they're very supportive and yeah. they take care of a lot of stuff that's um that traditionally I don't think a lot of guys do. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that you guys have uh, got each other in that respect, because like you said, being an entrepreneur can be really lonely at times. And I can imagine really isolating because you are so busy developing and working on your business. You knock off, you go home and then you've got family life, you know, and especially being a mum, you're completely, you know, immersed in that too. It's a, it's a huge balance. So, you know, um, you've got Jackie in your life. How else do you balance, you know, the, the fine line between entrepreneurship and being a mum? Well, uh, my husband's been great, you know, like he's, mm. he says that if you need to take a break, just take breaks. Yeah. And he is like a hundred percent hands-on with Emberly as well. Uh-huh. Luckily we, we, she's in daycare right now. So yeah, like perfect. she's in a day for care for a couple of months. And that, that really, that, you know, that really um, freed up a lot of my time mm. and just to be, go to meet, like, you know, and it's good for Emberly too. Like Emberly doesn't want to come, like she's been to sales meetings and yep. accounting meetings and R&D sessions with me. And as much as people who I work with support, they're like, well, yeah, bring your baby. And everyone's like taking turns holding her while she's upset or anything like that. But like, poor kid, she doesn't want to be in the office. She wants to go yeah. play with her friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now that she's in daycare, you know, you can see that she's thriving in it, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I can go home and I can focus on work and then come home and 100% focus on, yeah. on, on family life too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But other than Jackie, I would say my husband definitely is like, you know, he balances me when I get home. He's mm-hmm. super funny so mm-hmm. you know so what if i'm stressed in something he'll make a joke out of it and then everything just feels like it goes away right so that's perfect it yeah. sounds like you're blessed in uh in your marriage too yes very blessed like when i met him i was like i met him and then i'm like i don't have time to go on dates with you like <laughs> i have like weekend markets yeah and then i have production and i have this and this and i'm like yeah. so i won't be able to like go and plan these and he's just like that's fine so when we first started dating he was the one who came and i had no staff at that time yeah he would come and like spend time with me by like making, helping me with dumplings or packaging. Or like, if you see some of the old Instagram posts, he'll be like frying dumplings while I'm at events and stuff. So yeah. yeah. And so he, he has a full-time job too. So when he, when he was done, he'll come and help me. And, That's awesome. It's kind yeah. of the perfect date because you get to see what someone's really made of, you know, in the hospitality industry as well, where you see, you know, what kind of work ethic they've got, what kind of mentality they've got, how they handle stress. It's kind of the perfect date. Yeah. And <laughs> And for his, he, so he's a brewer. So he comes in. Oh, from, cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he yeah. understands when something breaks down or yeah. something. He's just like, oh, yeah, that happens at my work. And, you know, yeah. So, and sometimes even he, you know, and yeah, so he's been, so he get kind of gets what I'm doing when it comes to the production side yeah. of things. Too. Yeah. 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 Oh, and fantastic. I'm just like, all right. Maybe he's a keeper. <laughs> he helps me with a lot of stuff. And yeah. Very good. And yeah. here we are a couple of years later. And, you know, the business is growing. Um, I wanted to ask you about the two um, vegan brands. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase it. I wanted to ask you about the golden dumplings and also the jade dumplings that you've got there too. Yeah. Did you launch with all four SKUs to start with or did you incrementally roll out yeah, um, some different flavors? Okay. And I actually have a new one. It's uh, This one we're still working with. Well, we launched it, but it, this is the the ruby dumpling. I can't I see it. it. It's not quite there. The background's there getting it. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. What's the ruby dumpling? So this is a spicy kimchi dumpling. Oh, spicy kimchi. kimchi. Yeah. Awesome. So this one has been quite well received. And the funny thing about this one, let me tell you how I came up with this one. Yeah. Was when I do demos and stuff, people, I don't know, maybe I look Korean. So people are like, are you Korean? And I'm like, no, I'm Chinese. And they're like, you sell Korean kimchi dumplings? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> right. And after like, I swear to God, so many people ask me if I'm Korean, mm-hmm. do you sell mm-hmm. Korean kimchi dumplings and i'm like i think i should sell kimchi dumplings <laughs> kimchi is on a on a huge uptick at the moment because everyone's sort of understanding you know the health benefits of the probiotic for your gut health and stuff like that so that's a really cool timing for you yeah. 
and it's delicious and it really depends on what your spicy level is my spicy level is a little low mm-hmm. so for me the spicy level is about a seven or eight okay. so to me, i'm like i eat it i'm like oh my god but then i yeah. also have people come up and they're like it's not that spicy you know yeah. or flip side same and they'll be like oh you got the spice level right it's per-, you know so yeah, yeah. People ask me how spicy it is and i'm like i don't know what your spicy level is right you can like, always add more spice you can also you know people when they're eating it at home can add some chili oil or something right, like that i, I think yeah, it's yeah i could say that when people yeah. are like what if it's not spicy enough i'm like well then put it on chili oil. yeah exactly hey the sauces that you put in them are they the same right across the board or yeah. do you have a different sauce? Okay, beautiful. I thought that was really cool as well because, you know, you go into like a Japanese restaurant and you get a gyoza and obviously you've got your soy sauces and stuff like that, but then they always have different sauces for dipping. And I thought that was really cool that you um you, you had your dipping sauce as well. Yeah. Like I said, it was feedback from Yeah. Like, I'm always open for feedback. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and I still get feedback from people. They're like, oh, yeah. this didn't cook right or this yeah. didn't do this or, you know, the... Yeah. I always get feedback, like positive feedback, but I really mm-hmm. pay attention to the negative things, yep. you know, like yep. that's the only way you can do better. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So I, I know you mentioned before that your initial sales was sort of, um, you know, family and friends, and then you got online and you were selling through Facebook and Instagram and so on. But who was the sort of the real, um, you know, retailer that took you on and got you into the freezer section to start with? Um, my very first retail store is this one company, this store called Westwood Organics in Parisdale. Yeah. Run by a lovely couple and their store is just full of amazing, um, local products. I know the one. Yeah. 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 yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on the main strip there, isn't it? Yeah. On 41st. Yeah. And she found me on Instagram and she's like, are you selling these to stores? And I'm like, I'm working towards it. And she's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, once you're ready, I want to buy from you. And I was like, oh my God, really? So, um, so she was my first retail and and then afterwards I did a whole bunch of door knocking. Mm -hmm. And so I got into about 10 stores and that's when I got in contact with my current distributor and they just took me on. And then that's our company just grew with them. Um, yeah, so it's been, um, well, I wouldn't say smooth ride because there was obviously the shortages and stuff that we had to deal with as it's growing and stuff, but we all worked through it and we all grew together so i'm almost in 100 stores right now um yeah and from vancouver island into the okanagan from what i can tell yeah Yeah. that's really good distribution who are you working with what distributor uh right now i'm working with deans i know Um, deans yeah yeah and then we signed up with horizon so then yeah so yeah so we just kind of we just actually yesterday's order was (laughs) with horizon so yeah yeah Awesome. And is everything in the the same size bag? Or are you doing like a food service, um, like a wholesale size bag as well? I haven't. That's something that's been that came up a few times, mm. but I haven't had a chance to really explore that space yet. Yeah, it's a I whole think, new world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. The yeah. pricing and the way it's cooked and the distribution and everything mm-hmm. is completely it's it's different. So yeah, definitely on my radar. But right mm. now, I just don't have time to. I just want oh you know, I want to do things like, and I've learned being an entrepreneur, there are times where you just have to like focus on one thing and just move on to something else afterwards. If you yeah. try to do everything at once, yeah, everything just doesn't seem to like, you know, everything just kind of falls apart at the same time. Too. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. I know. Especially, you know, you spread so thin already. So tell us a little bit about how you learned that lesson. Was there anything in particular that sort of drove you to that point? Like, did you find that, you know, you were saying yes to everything and then you thought, actually, I've made some mistakes here. I need to sort of start saying no a little bit um i'd say yes obviously like, i mean that's how i learned it i think it was just uh, taking on too many like markets and then yeah you know, i wanted to do cooked dumplings and i wanted to have like all these different awesome uh, items for the, the the cooked tents and stuff 
And then of course I wanted to expand here and then I have another like two or three more flavors per year. And I was trying to do everything at once. Yeah. yeah. But when everything just started like wavering and, and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, we try to build it up all once, but every all of them will have challenges. So when they all the challenges happen at the same time, that's when you're really spread them. Like, where do you put out the fire first? Right. Yeah. 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 So what did you decide to focus on then? Uh, right now, strictly on um, well, building and um, building my new facility is of definitely course. yeah. Yep. That's that's fronts um, because I don't want to be paying for two spaces for too long, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and thankfully the space that we found is already like half already half built out. Like so, we just have to put a just add a few more things and then we should be ready. To so go the infrastructure, that. all the plumbing, electrical, yeah. all of that was there. That's perfect. Thank God. Yeah, that'll <laughs> save you thousands. Yeah, and like the freezer's already built yeah. in, the fire compression system in the freezer's already Huge built. advantage, yeah. Huge. So, so when I saw that, I jumped on it. And mm -hmm. it took, like I said, it took me a while to get it, but, you know, I'm glad I did. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like a better space. I, I, like I said, I got keys from a few days ago, so I'm still excited to show it to my team. They haven't seen it yet. Um, Far from your current location? Yeah, so where I am now is in Poco. So yep. this other one is going to be in Richmond. But ah, okay, close yeah. to Jackie. Yes, I know. I know. I'm like, we, <laughs> they, when I first saw the space, I put in her address and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to be eight minutes away from each other. <laughs> and she's like, yes. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm really happy about that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you been to Jackie's facility? Yeah, lots of times. She's a client of ours as well. So okay. I produce her bags. So yeah, I work with Jackie quite a lot. Oh, nice. So, yeah, you know, she's great. She's like, great. Yeah. yeah, she really, she's so funny. And yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's funny because sometimes when we get together, we don't, like, you think that 200 partners would get together, just talk about work. But there's so many times that we just get together and we just shoot the shit, you know? It's really important to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're not just talking about work. We'll talk about, like, you know, just life in general, right? So yeah. Work it just means that your friendship is built on more of a solid foundation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, and her kids are great. You know, her kids are just like very nice, well-raised girls. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like what, what's your secrets? <laughs> that, right? yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mom talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I know my wife, she definitely needs to have mom chats with other moms too. Yeah. 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 So like being an entrepreneur is lonely, being a mom is lonely as well. So uh -huh. hope she has a community that supports. Oh, she absolutely does. Yeah. She's very lucky there. Yeah. Good, good, good. How old's so your kid? Uh, yeah, so my son is about to turn five, Zave. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my daughter Hazel is about to turn three, which oh. is really exciting. Yeah, so they're both fall babies. So fall's a really exciting time for us. So we've got both kids' birthdays. We've got our wedding anniversary. Obviously, you've got Halloween. You've got oh, um, Thanksgiving. There's a lot going on at that time of year. So we really love it. Yeah, and fall's great. Fall's my favorite season. It's like, ours too. Yeah, it really I'm is. I'm so over yeah. this wave, and I was looking at the <laughs> calendar. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, next week it's going to go, oh, man. Yeah, you know, just like I'm just over. Just bring, bring, give me the fall vibes. Yeah, we love fall. Uh, obviously, you know, we've had a later start to the summer, so we're hoping that the warmer weather kicks off or oh, keeps going for a little bit longer because we're going to do a later camping trip in September, which will be fun when my parents are out from Australia. Oh, so yeah, they're coming out um for three weeks, which will be fun. Probably by the time this episode goes live, they they will have already been. Um, okay. but yeah, so they're coming out for three weeks. Um, they're going to meet Hazel for the first time, which is really fun because they were due to come out in March 2020 when the world got shut down. Oh. And Hazel would have been six months. And this is the first opportunity that we've all had to get them back out here. And so, yeah, they'll be meeting her and mom's going to wow. um, bake her third birthday cake. Wow. Mm. That's exciting. It oh is. My God. It is. You know, my brother actually was going. So he 
his wife now, girlfriend then, was they were supposed to go to China and meet her family yeah. in like 2020. Mm -hmm. But they never met and then they got married and they just actually had a kid. So then through this whole time, my brother's never met his wife's family yet. So and, bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And then she, they just had a baby and still they can't, right? So mm -hmm. it's crazy how COVID does that too. I um, know. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's happened to so many people. We're definitely not isolated in that respect. But, you know, with Chinese culture, I can imagine that, you know, meeting families or meeting each other's families is a big deal. Huge. Like yeah. I was like, going to tag me and Brooks was going to tag along <laughs> yeah. because we're just like, we want to see who, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully when everything kind of eases out because like China is still pretty much strict. Right yeah. Now, yeah. Right? Very. So yeah. Um, and they just had the baby. So hopefully like they really want, obviously they really want to meet her, but like they really don't know when that's yeah. going to so, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Oh yeah. But like, you know, I'm very happy for you that your family, your dad, your parents. Thank you. I know. I know. My son is so excited to see my, like my dad, his pa, he just talks about wrestling him and, you know, taking oh. him fishing and doing all of these things. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. We really yeah. can't wait. But anyway, we're, uh, we're going to take them, um, camping in the fall, which will be really nice. So hopefully warm days, cool nights. It'll be fun. Yes. Yes, yeah. hopeful for sure. Tell us about trade shows. What trade shows have you been heading to? We were, so when I first started, I was signing up for all the big trade shows, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then I realized that capital wise and ROI wasn't, it didn't, it just didn't work for didn't us. Makes sense. Yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah. Um, so then I started to really um, scale down on that. And then I found myself in the farmer's markets and that's when mm. we really thrived. Um, mm -hmm. So we were lucky enough to get into the Vancouver Farmers Market Circuit, and Perfect. so they have yeah, so they have markets like throughout the summer, winter time, and the community there is amazing. I was gonna say that's another place where you, I'm sure you found community. Yeah, like they would come, rain, shine, snow. Like when we had the snowstorms, and we're like, we're not too sure if we're gonna open, but I'm like, you know what, we should still open because we don't want people to go to an empty market. Yeah, and. The lineups that people just come and they'll just buy these dumplings and we have people who would stand in front of our stall and just like help and everything. So the community cool. was amazing. Yeah. Especially when it's like times of struggle. That's when they really stepped up. And and um, when we had when COVID hit and we were doing home deliveries, a lot of the the farmers market community uh, yep. you know supported us there as well. So I'm very, very fortunate to be part of that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's so much value in a farmer's market. And I had this conversation with Jackie as well. Obviously, you know, you're getting directly in front of your um, consumers. You get that instant feedback, which you've already mentioned, but it is also a great way to, you know, consistently keep in touch with the industry and, you know, the conversation of where the industry is moving with these people. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 So as you grow and as you grow across the country, I'm sure you've got like huge goals for this business. What's on the horizon for you apart from building out the facility, but you know, where are you heading? What's the next five years sort of look like well, for you? Well, definitely across Canada. I mm. we definitely need to build the facility so then it meets all the safety certifications. Yep. certified. Yep. Yeah. HACCP certified, um, federally approved. Cause oh, I great. that's a good call. Uh, products. Yep. And so that's going to be a lot of work to put into, but I'm just so excited to have like people across Canada mm. taste it. Um, we've, we have a lot of selling to Saskatchewan. Yes, I know. My family's <laughs> already, they're just like, what are you guys going to get here? So my aunts yep. and uncles and cousins are all like, they're, you know, so I'm like, what I are bet. the health stores in Saskatchewan, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just going across Canada, because I do have a lot of inquiries, um, especially from the gluten-free community. Yeah. You yep. know, like, when are you going to be in Toronto? When are you going to be in Edmonton, Calgary? Like, you know, I get emails and from Insta DMs. 
quite often asking when we're going to, and I'm always like, stay tuned. We're working on it. We're working on it. And that yep. really fuels me because I know that there's like people, there's a demand, yeah. you know, in different provinces and cities waiting for us. Right. Yep. So yep. I feel like it's almost a responsibility that I have to have to, you know, get out there yep. to fulfill this demand for them. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your specific skill set. So I know that before you mentioned that, you know, when you were working in your parents' business, you were front of house, you know, you yeah. were out there hustling, you were out there selling, taking orders, obviously building rapport with your clientele. I'm sure that you've got that exact same skill set that you're implementing right now. What are your weaknesses in the business? What do you outsource? Um, so I've learned to outsource a lot more. Like, so right now, I would say, well, a lot of the accounting stuff, like I don't mm-hmm. do my own payroll. Like- you got a bookkeeper? bookkeeper like yeah. I got a bookkeeper from the get-go because I was just like I know that's not my I'm not I know I'm not going to be sitting there like going through my receipts every month yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I made sure all that is taken care of um anything that has to do with the, a lot of the men stuff I try to um outsource as well okay. because I know that what I need to do is just be out and you know what they say and this is like a overlap of real estate but if you're in the office that means you're not making any sales right yeah so as as the owner of the company, my job is to make sure there's money coming in, mm-hmm. right? So then I find that I, I need to be out there talking to people. I need to be out there talking to store managers and like just doing promos and stuff to make sure that we're going. So when yep. I'm doing that, I want to make sure that everything in the back is kind of taken care of as well, right? So mm-hmm. production is good. Um, I'm slowly outsourced. I'm slowly getting my staff to like do more of the ordering and receiving and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and you know, they're pretty, they're still a pretty young crew. Um, so I hired them when they were students and they all stick stuck with me after they graduated. That's great. Which is yep. amazing. Cause yeah. I was just like, are you guys sure you want to make dumplings? And they're like, we just want to be part of this business, you know? And I think, and it's cool to see that the crew is staying because they see the growth of the business. Mm-hmm. Like they've been with me, like my production manager has been with me for like three years. And she's just like, remember when we used to only make like three cases a day? <laughs> right and i'm like oh my gosh yeah cool, isn't it like, yeah so much more and i think the passion of growing the business is really like keeping my staff which is amazing yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah so yeah so i got i, I sidetracked there no. so yeah so I, I think right now what i'm also looking for outsourcing is like the marketing side mm-hmm. um i think i i marketed i think i've hit my to me like my my uh, what would you call threshold or yep. like my, my potential of marketing? I feel like now that there's so much more I need to do, um, the company needs to be out there, and I just feel like it's time to get like a professional, like you know, let it be social media, yeah, um, branding, and just all that. I probably need some help with that, that for sure. So yeah, and every day I think I have to kind of like reassess, like what do you need help with, like yeah. So so yeah, that's been on my mind too. Yeah, well, there are so many talented people out there and it is really a good thing to outsource what your weaknesses are. And, you know, just due to the fact that, you know, you're recognizing what they are and, you know, even something as simple as handing over marketing to a professional, you know, team is, would bring so much more value to you than, you know, you, you know, doing the best that you can, but recognizing that it's not enough. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you know, I I wasn't trained in marketing or anything like that or social media. I don't know how to do a lot of it. And it's constantly changing as well, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what, honestly, I don't know if I can say this, but I don't know what algorithms and stuff are like, so yeah, I don't yeah. know how to tap into that. And, yeah. and you Google it, you're like, okay, how do I do this? And then there's all this, like, all this information that I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I need someone to do this. Someone who does it on a daily, who's like, 
who, who just goes with it, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, being a business owner, you want to be the one who's like working on the business yeah. and not in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I'm starting to just like extract myself from everything so then I can actually work on the expansion part. And yeah. And I think that was also something that me and my production manager talked about a couple of years ago. She's just like, and I said to her, and I'm like, if you had no production, I will handle the growth of the company and I need that. And she's just like, go, you know, like, and it's, it's been amazing because she just grew so much just by giving, just by giving her this, these responsibilities. And yeah. I'm not a micromanager. So I'm yeah. just like, as long as you guys get this done, meets the quality within budget, everything, like I'm good. That's so, good to roll. Yeah. yeah. And I think that really helps teams thrive. If you just like trust them and I, I, I trust my team a hundred percent just go with it so then i can do what i'm doing so now we're just like now that we're moving into a bigger factory getting more contracts we're like wow our plan really worked <laughs> you know sure did yeah. yeah yeah and they were like when i got pregnant they're like don't even come to the markets don't come to production like you need to sit there <laughs> grow this baby yeah don't, yeah don't 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 carry anything you know when we're sending out one of our bigger orders they came in for like half an hour 45 minutes just to help me pack it they're like because I was going to do it by myself, yeah. right? And I, think yeah. I was like, like a little, I don't know. Here, sorry. I don't know. Sorry. I got yeah. No, we're good. Yes. Yeah, someone just keeps on calling me. Um, oh, good. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So that actually really helped me build my business too, because I was forced to take myself out of it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, like I, now that I can come back into business, I'm like, wow, a lot of things just kind of like, you know, it's running by itself. Yeah. You've yeah. set up procedures and, you know, policies and everything's yes. in place to, so you can step outside of it. That's a huge shift for an entrepreneur. You know, um, a lot of people find it really hard to step away from the business and to hand things over, but it sounds it, like it was it a relatively, hard. did you find it hard? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, it hard because I was just like, oh my God, I hope like, it wasn't hard because I didn't trust them. I hard yeah. because I was like, do, do I have all the tools that they need to yeah. go? Like, yeah. do they, and I'm like, do they need more stuff? Does my team, what else does my team need for them to grow? And, um, and I don't know we have conversations quite often, what they need. Yeah. And I try to find other things like, you know, um, like you said, systems and everything that mm-hmm. really helps. And so now that we have, we have a system, we, we keep track of a lot of stuff and and now that everything's in binders right now but yeah. we're moving towards more of a software program soon. that's cool yeah that's cool you mentioned before you dropped the old line from the book the e-myth it's you know working on the business rather than working in the business have you read yeah, the book yeah. no i just heard it from like other business <laughs> <laughs> well they've stolen that line from the book the e-myth it's fantastic i was wondering if there are any books out there that you've read that have sort of influenced you in your path um I've read a lot of books. Well, I shouldn't say I've read a lot of books, but like business books, I've always been very, I've always liked reading, um, uh, would you, would you call them documentaries or uh, bi- biographies? Biographies. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Biographies. Yep. So, um, and another really great book that really helped them, I guess, with the tools of Titans. Have you read oh, that? Tim Ferriss's book, the tools yeah. of Titans, you know what yeah. I haven't, but I've listened to his podcast series that he's got called tools of Titans and it was really good. Yeah, tools of yeah. Titans is a really quick read yeah. because I don't, I, I think I don't have a, a can, a really the attention span really to read the like cover to cover. Yeah. But tools of Titans is a really great reference book. You know, you can just look at it and it's like bi- biographies of a lot of successful people in mm. all different fields. So yeah. then you can just learn from that too. And there was another book, you know, and it's a bunch of short stories about entrepreneurs um, and that what that really inspired me, but I forgot the name of the book. Uh, but one of the stories that really inspired me was um, Amy's 
Amy's, you know, that food brand, Amy's. Um, oh, down- is it in the soup? Amy's soup? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard a thing about that business. Okay. Oh, really? Hey, yeah. No. You know what? Why I don't remember the book? Because I gave the book away. I was telling my friend, I'm like, oh my God, you need to read this book. This is such a great book. Yeah, borrow this. Him. Yeah. And then I never got it back and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I'll look into it. I will. <laughs> yeah, That's but cool. the Titans has been really good. All right. Good. Yeah. I'll put the link down in the show notes for anyone if they want to pick the book up from Amazon. Oh, and Zero to One. That's the one. Zero to One. Zero to One. I've never heard of that. Who wrote that? If you can remember. Um, the person who I'm sure started. I can find it. Yeah. Um, PayPal. Was it PayPal? One okay. of the tech guys. And they were saying that they were building a business that's never been built before. Yeah. Um, it was a long time when I read the book, but okay. it really inspired me because I was just like from zero to one, meaning you start from nothing. And the first it. step. Yeah. 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 And I what that was, uh, that was something I really drew inspiration from because when I first started the gluten-free dumplings, I couldn't ask for help anywhere because no one had gluten-free dumplings. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that was a good book. So, good. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to go back to where you started with the knowledge that you have now, what business advice would you give yourself? What business advice would I give myself? You know, when I saw the uh, bunch of questions, I was just like, what would I give myself? And I honestly, I can't, I can't think of one. I just, you know, I just like, just trust yourself. Just trust, trust. your instinct. Just yeah. trust your gut and just go with it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. there, I guess you can say that there are times when you're like, you know, your gut's telling you to go one way, but you're like, no, I'm just going to do the logical thing and do another thing. And then it never kind of works out. The so gut just, always works, doesn't it? I know. It's yeah. so bizarre how that's the way. I find that too. Did you have a really crystal clear vision for this business when you started out? Are you like, this is a product, I'm going to put it in a bag and I'm going to sell it from coast to coast. Like, did you have a vision or was it sort of something that you sort of established along the way? It it was established along the way. I think it was step by step because I had like the, the, the get, like the get go of it was so hard. Mm. Um, The dumplings that just kept on cracking and I went through years, like even before all this all this, I went through years of just trying to get the wrapper together. And I yeah. honestly, I just had to close my eyes and just visualize like what my next step was when I was ready to give up. Like, I was just like, I've given this business enough, this idea enough. Like if I want to walk away from it, I think I'd be okay because you I put everything into it. Yeah. So I really that night, I remember I was just like, just close your eyes and just see what your next step is. Like just, you know, and I saw dumplings come out from a machine on a conveyor belt. And at that point, honestly, that was like something that seemed so far-fetched because there was no way. I was just like, it's going to break. It's going to do this and this, right? But then I just followed that vision. And then when I actually, when it actually happened, I was like, oh my God, like I saw this, even though that I didn't think I was, you know? And then, so my next step afterwards. So I kind of started tapping into that. I'm like, okay, close your eyes. Like, what do you see? Just like freely just see whatever and then it was the coast to coast thing and then i just kind of went with that too that's cool yeah this may sound a bit creepy but when i was doing my research on instagram i saw you with a deck of cards was that an oracle deck a deck of cards yeah i think it may have been when you were in your getaway with jackie and you were sitting on a bed was that an oracle deck yeah we like pulling cards a lot yeah okay yeah and i do it sometimes like i have let me show you so sometimes they connect with their cards you know Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The one that I connected with. Sorry, I can't see it. Okay. So you do have an Oracle deck. Yeah. My wife is a medium and she reads from Oracles. Oh, and yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's phenomenal. Like what she can pull from that is incredible. And yeah. so I thought, okay, so you've obviously got, you know, um, you've got her. something that you lean on as well, which is really cool. 100%. I think 
being like leaning. And I feel like, I don't know if it's because of business that I really lean into my spiritual side. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Because you're like, there has to be something out there that's guiding you yeah. through this whole process. There's yeah. no, you know, you, ch- I chose being an entrepreneur. You chose to get out of that box that everyone mm-hmm. wants, like, you know, yeah. so where's the guidance from it? There's none. So I just always just follow, you know, what, what the next step is. And I'm always thankful to the universe for everything that's provided me. And I think yeah. that's really good. And it really helps you pull yourself out from negative thoughts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you tap into the spiritual side. So, and cool. you know, these cards, you can't just, I feel like you can't just go and buy a deck of cards. It has to come out to you. And yeah. this deck of card came out to me like, um, I was at this one store with my husband in Victoria and then, you know, I was looking for cards, but I just knew that I had to wait for the right deck to came. And then this, this came to me and I've been pulling cards, like, you know, almost every time when I'm here, I'm like, okay, what, what does the universe want me to know today? Right. So yep. then I pull it out and, and it gives me really great guidance. Isn't it incredible how accurate they are? Yes. Like without a word of a lie, like I am always blown away when my wife you, gives me an Oracle reading, like it's unbelievable. How often do the you, information. you, how often does she? As often as we like, as I need, like whenever yeah. I'm looking for some guidance or advice, or if I'm looking for a little bit of direction, like you just said, like, where do ideas come from? Like, we don't actually know where ideas come from. Like, where did that vision of the dumpling coming off the machine come from? But, you know, it gave you yeah. a thread to pull on and that was really cool. And yeah. so, you know, whenever I'm looking for a little bit of guidance or advice, we always, you know, pull out the Oracle deck and go from there. It's really cool. And you have to really believe it. I think sometimes when you pull cards with people who don't believe it and think it's a joke and you're like, well, this isn't going to work for you because you're not tapped into that energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, but I do really promote. Um, well, I shouldn't say promote, but I do have like a lean into, like you said, a very spiritual side. And I think that's really helped me grow yeah. my business and that's just like awesome. as a person in general too. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. If we were to fast forward a year from now, and I feel as if I sort of have a bit of an idea of the answer that you're going to give here, but if we could fast forward a year from now and you could say to me that you'd had your best year ever, what would you have accomplished? The best year ever? The best year ever. Um, so in life, years? in business, whatever it is, if you could say, holy shit, that was the best year I've ever had, what you would know, have happened? I just want to say that last year when they just have, I mean, like, I know we want to take fast, fast forward to the yeah. future, yeah. but like this year and last year has been really, to me has been the best year, you know, yeah. I got married, um, I had my baby mm, and huge. my business. Yeah. And, and that's huge. And I mm. never saw myself as a family person to tell you the truth. Like before I was just like, I'm okay being single. I'm okay. Just running my business. I'm super happy, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes I, <laughs> I always, sometimes I always thought like relationships and marriages kind of like hold you down. So, and this one didn't. So they bring so, value to your life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think at that, you have to find that when you're just really happy with your life. Yeah. And, um, so I was, and then, you know, I got married and had a kid and then my business is expanding and I'm able, and at the same time I was able to, I've met a lot of great people the past year that really helped me too. Yeah. Well, I would say like last year and like this year is, is, is a really great year. Um, but if you say like fast forward, like what would be a really great year is actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> well, I mean, your production facility is going to be completely kitted out and you'll be operational there, which is huge. Yeah. So I see myself I already visualize, okay, yeah. in a couple months, this is going to be this, right. And then yeah. afterwards I'll be able to fill all these orders and everything will be going out. Um, yeah. And just having house of Yeepy in all the grocery, like the big chain stores, yep. be profitable, you know? Yeah. Yep. 
I know that in the food business, when you're scaling up, it's hard to be profitable because there's a lot of costs involved when mm -hmm. it comes to being into like, you know, bigger stores and stuff like that. So definitely when my company, when, when it goes to all this profitable and of course, like a happy, healthy kid and happy, healthy marriage and everything, you know? So those are the three things I always ask for. Like I'm really happy, healthy, happy, healthy. Um, marriage, happy, healthy business and work and team members and everything. That yep. good. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. And it's definitely all achievable. So good luck with it all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank no you. Worries. Well, listen, thank you so much for the chat today. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about it? Um, Just email me. Christine yeah. at .ca. Done. I'll put it down yeah. in the show notes for everybody or, if they want to click or on it. Yeah, just DM me on Instagram. I think that would be bad. You know, because there's not as much spam. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, I recommend everybody to get out there and buy a bag of dumplings. Like I can attest to the fact that both the chicken and the pork are absolutely delicious. Like they really are quality. And uh, I'm looking forward to tasting the kimchi one. Yes. And like, you know, I think you can definitely buy them right now at the farmer's markets. Okay. We're still rolling it out in stores right now. So Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's been a great chat. I really Cheers. enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Bye. Welcome. Bye. Thanks again for taking the time out of your busy day to join me for today's episode. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation or if you've got any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn or Instagram at thepackheavypodcast. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you with your business and your packaging vision, feel free to drop me a line and we'll continue the conversation there too. I'll see you next week.